You were listening to episode 70 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by my good friend, Ryan. Hey, everybody. Here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we seek revenge for Longclaw in today's Inflation Deflation Challenge. Let's go ahead and open up this episode, dude. Uh, did you have any pickups in the you last know week? I sure did, John. Did so, you really? Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, part of it we'll get to. and That doesn't count. And, uh, I, okay, okay, two of those count. One of those I'm questioning. I truly <laughs> do question it. So, like everybody, we're going to be talking about it later, but I got the FF7 demo for Remake. That doesn't. That's what I was talking about, folks. And then, I don't know if that counts. And then I also did get the playstation plus games this month because i thought that they were totally worth downloading so i got sonic forces and shadow of the colossus for ps4 okay so coincidentally i too got shadow of the colossus on the playstation 4 and i also got sonic forces and the final fantasy 7 demo which we'll talk about in a little bit uh in addition to those random free items uh speaking of free buy two get two free at gamestop i think that ends yesterday Saturday to seventh, so you can't do it anymore. But uh, they were doing for hey, we follow us on uh, Twitter where you can find out if we're taking part of those deals when they're actually happening. Oh, I didn't post it on Twitter. Well, never mind. Yeah. Okay, but it's at Game Deflators for that one. So <laughs> I picked up uh, buy two get two free. It was Wii U, PS3, 360, DS, uh, 3DS, and I think that was it. Oh, all and Wii. games and we not all games. It was just games that were last generation. Well previous generations because okay. i don't think you can count we as last generation anymore no. so i picked up on a ds and unfortunately all of these were loose except for dragon quest 7 uh, on the 3ds but i picked up and shin megami and shin megami tensei yeah oh and nes remix uh so yeah i got castlevania portrait ruin and castlevania order of ecclesia and let's see ja dragon quest 4 dragon quest 5 dragon quest 7 complete and then Dragon Quest Nine, uh, loose as well. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei, I think four, if I'm correct, on the 3DS. Um, the NES Remix Pack was my other one as well. I had been looking for that for a while, and I finally got it at a pretty good price. So, the cool thing about this is, I initially went to one GameStop to kind of look around for you know any DS games they might have had. I didn't see anything. I was kind of under that thing of I want to just find Dragon Quest Seven and uh, Eight since. They were the most recent ones that they released. And um, essentially just asked the guy at the game. So I'm like, hey, can you just look for Dragon Quest at any local GameStop in the area and let me know if they have it? And so he ended up finding Dragon Quest 4. And I'm like, oh, well, tell him to hold 4 side for me. Okay, cool. It's at this location. I get there and some guy had recently turned in all of his Dragon Quest games. What possesses a man? Well, what possesses a man to not keep the cases is what I don't <laughs> understand. So... Well, maybe he picked them up used somewhere, too. Maybe. That is true. But here's what's scary. All right. So I paid 100 for all of this stuff. Okay. The uh, Dragon Quest Four is like a $45 game. Loose. Okay. Dragon Quest Five is like 65 to 70 Loose. Okay. So that's 100 bucks right there. Is it really? Yeah. Loose. Like, complete. For the DS game? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. That's why I've been looking for them, because they're so flipping pricey, and I want to play them, but I don't want to pay that much money. So... I ended up picking up Dragon Quest Four for twenty bucks. All right, I ended up picking up Number Five for twenty-five dollars, and then Seven was like twenty-four or fifteen. I can't remember. And then Nine was also like twenty-four. Dang. Actually, I think all four of those are twenty-four bucks, if I correct. Outside of uh, Four, which was twenty. Absolutely shocking the price point on that, right? So like that alone is my money back tenfold. Maybe not tenfold. <laughs> but uh, the cool thing about it is I picked up all the other games since there was, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four Dragon Quests, and then there was the Portrait of Ruin, and the other one, I'm like, all right, I got to get some other games here. But, you got four games, and you got four for free. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But the cool thing about it was, <clears throat> you know, typically with these deals, when you go up and you're like, hey, here's everything, they're yeah. like, okay, you've got like four of them at like 25 bucks, and all of these are yeah. 20 or so these are free. 
So I looked at the guy. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do separate transactions. He's like, all right, cool. Like, no problem. Most people would probably be like, oh, you can't do that. Something along those lines, which I can. I can just say I'm paying different Well, them just giving you the best deal, yeah, you know, so, out of what they can do but is it was what like, they should do. No questions asked from this GameStop employee. He was just like, yeah, dude. Like, okay. Is this the like, one that you went to? Last time you said you went to GameStop and you had a really good, like, interaction. Are you going to that same one? No. So we actually happened to be in Chandler. Okay. Uh, we were, where were we going? Uh, I don't remember the reason why we were was in Chandler. Was this the one over by the Target? No, so this one was off of like Cooper and McQueen or something, or Co- oh, I've never no, been Cooper, there. And, Cooper and Warner. It was so random. Hmm. I didn't even know there was one over there. But we happened to be over on AZ Ave, mm-hmm. over by that Walmart. Yeah. Uh, we were picking up. I think it was some, we were picking whatever. Up, yeah, stuff. And then uh, basically um, went into the GameStop that was there, which I've had decent experiences at. The one I've had a really good experience at is the one that's over by Superstition Springs. Mm. So that one's been pretty good in the mall there. But no, this guy was like super cool. He was like, yeah, look, I'll help you kind of figure it out. So we like sat back, grabbed all the twenty four ninety nine and like the twenty nine ninety nine, like put it all together. And we're like, okay, cool. Like these two are going to be free and then put the other two together. So it was basically like paying the least amount I possibly yeah. could. And I was out of there for, I think it was like just under 100 yeah. for everything. And That's a really good deal. Yeah, I mean, it, especially it really with is. how much some of those you're saying they are. Uh, yeah, dude. Like I was shocked. Do you have much familiarity with any of these like you've never really played any of these titles uh the dragon quest series i mean i played some dragon warrior it's one that i just haven't really got i knew how many games were in the series and Mm. how it all kind of progressed you know over time and i I don't know necessarily the story or anything along those lines and how it all works together but i recently saw that dragon quest movie Mm. and that right away i was like man like i've got to just play the games like i I have to get into the series like i'm in the final fantasy but i never did really look at Dragon Quest and give it like that yeah, second Yeah, I played the look. Dragon Quest monster games. Yeah, and I was looking for those too. Dragon Warrior Monster or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's like two of them and I was looking for those too but couldn't find them. So yeah, I just, I've been wanting to play these and I'll probably end up, in all honesty, um, selling some of these games so that way I could, you know, get the cases for the Dragon Quest, which I hate mm-hmm. to do because Portrait of Ruins actually pretty rare as well. Uh, Ecclesia, I don't think as much. But yeah, Portrait Ruins like a forty fifty dollar game. I think I only played the first Castlevania DS, the uh, Dawn of Sorrow. Uh huh. That was awesome. I really liked that game. I got the manual for it, and it was cool because like it's that whole second half of the game is in the upside down castle. So it's yeah. like you actually flip the book over and going through the book the other way was like the second half of the game nice yeah Yeah, dude when gamestop has these types of deals going down i'm always in there right away dude anything that's like four for 60 on like games of 30 plus or 24.99 always take advantage of that when you can if you're Mm -hmm. listening because i mean you honestly could just take a game that on their shelf is selling used 24.99 sell it online you lose a, a few bucks but at the end of the day you're you're almost breaking even and yeah. it's not a it's not a bad way to kind of boost up your collection for like newer titles make the uh, system work for you folks exactly so uh anything that you're playing right now okay so i did not have a lot of gaming in me this week i was a little under the weather which should be prime time for gaming but i just wanted to sleep instead uh, i did mess around trying to do the german fight at the end of bloodborne and like i said i just messed around like i I feel kind of stupid a little bit. Like, I kind of wish that instead of putting, like, 15 points into Arcane and 12 points into Blood Tinge and just to be able to get these other weapons, kind of wish I just had some more stamina because my stamina is pretty low. But... I heard your wife says that, too. I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it doesn't really seem like it's that hard of a fight. Like, I died, like, a bunch just messing around to him with the... Uh, the Chikagne or whatever, the samurai sword with the blood mode. Yeah. And like, just trying to get a feel for the weapon against the final boss, you know, nothing too bad and get my ass handed to me and I'll, I'll finish it up at some point and get serious and get in there. It's just a matter of doing it. Like, I know it's going to take me a few dozen tries to like really take it seriously, but just messing around. It was, it was fine. And then, uh, We'll get into that second one Yeah, next. we'll get into that second one. How, how about you? Okay, so for me, I was playing some more Shenmue. It, it's it been about a week since I actually kind of, well, 
we're, we're in a week now. So after our last episode recording, I went ahead and booted up Shenmue and played a little bit. And I got to, let's see, so I'm in the docks already. And I talked to, I think it was Master Shen, if I'm correct. And I needed to get out to China. Uh, right now, I don't want to go to China. But uh, in the Shenmue game, I want to go to China. And so I ended up picking up my tickets or ticket. And, uh, well, no, I didn't pick up the tickets. So the way it works out is you don't have enough money to go to higher price route. So you had to go to, like, the cheaper option. And you start talking to people, like, after you've given your money, you're like, hey, so uh, this particular business, like, have you worked with them before? Oh, I heard so-and-so was conned out of their money, and they took everything, or his whole trip was terrible. And so I go to talk to you, guys, like, oh, yeah, they're con artists. Like, they'll try to take your money. I'm like, okay. So the time comes around. I go off to the location, and they're like, well, we don't have your ticket. Like, what are you talking about? We don't have any of your money. I'm like, are you kidding me? So we get into the whole, like, you know, QT type event and um, end up, you know, getting to a situation where, okay, well, we'll get your ticket and everything. We'll bring it here. Meet us at the arcade at X time. Like, why would you, like, meet them at this location at X time for your ticket? Like, does that not seem shady to you, Ryu? Like, Ryu's really? too trusting. He's he, too pure for this way, world. Way too trusting, dude. It's just like, oh, yeah, I don't have it here, but meet us at, like, 11 o'clock at the arcade, and we'll meet you there. And then, like, you get jumped. Okay, meet us here at whatever time. And then you get jumped again. I'm like, how trusting can you be? Like, how about meet me at your place of business, and I will see you there with my ticket in hand? And who gives all that money up front to have a ticket purchased? Like, wait there. It doesn't take that long to, to purchase. It's just the craziest thing. I think the game takes place in like the 80s or something. So maybe that was a process back then. I don't know. But he's way too damn trusting. I mean, they used to have like, I remember like travel agents being a thing in sitcoms. Yeah. Growing up. Oh, and, and I, I don't know that they have travel agents like that. I mean, I guess they do. Yeah. I mean, they still have travel agents. I don't know who uses them. But so there's this like crazy like Voldo looking guy that doesn't have the mask or anything like he's just weird like you know what I'm talking about yeah Yeah, that guy and he's part of a Mad Angels gang and so you walk into the arcade to get your ticket and he eats the ticket (laughs) and I'm like what and he's like Master Shen will be so happy not Master Shen but Master whatever the The bad bad guy guy. is he's like he'll be so excited that I did this and I'm like you just ate my ticket like literally just ate my ticket could you not just tear it up like just chomping down so now the whole thing is like trying to find out who the mad angels are and going across the docks and getting a job and i just started using a forklift and i did a motorcycle race so yeah it's the game's all over the place coming along it's coming along i um i guess what like 40 50 percent through the game so i'm hoping to have a beat here in the next several weeks so I can get the hell out of it, and I can start playing something else like, I don't know, maybe Arkville Ad 3. There you go. So we'll see. I talk a lot. Your turn. Uh, so, Again. yeah, just just the, the Bloodborne, but we both, along with everybody else who plays games or does games media, I'm sure everybody's heard all that they can stand to hear about Final Fantasy VII Remake, but we both played the demo. I finished it this morning. <laughs> I finished it yesterday morning, and... Then I watched somebody else do a playthrough, and then I watched my wife do a playthrough. So, I, And then I caught the end of John's playthrough. It's awesome. I love it. I think it's great. And I hope to God that they don't do what they did with the FF15 demo that came out with Type O, and then go in and change stuff that was better in the demo version. Because I thought it was a ton of fun. I thought there was like a lot of room to to be able to grow. Well, I think this is kind of too. I think this is too late in the life of a game for a demo to do that because the game releases in what april well i mean this is the third demo that they've had and this is not the first version of the this part of the demo in that boss fight other people in the industry have talked about like having played this at you know uh e3 and other events and you know it it's always changing and i'm sure that you know it's too close to change much now but you never know yeah they could push it back and do like you said a final fantasy 15 or even a kingdom hearts 3 and make us wait 15 years right jeez uh so yeah dude i played the uh, the demo this morning as well i liked it it wasn't bad i was trying to get used to the whole like switching between characters and doing that whole deal i was super tempted to just put classic mode on there uh it just because i've I, heard that it's not good Really? That's what I've heard. I've heard that it's not good. Interesting. Okay. Well, you know, the the battle situation, it wasn't bad. You know, I enjoyed it. Uh, 
going kind of into the nitty gritty of things, attacking, it felt like Final Fantasy 15, but you're able to slow down the pace when you hit, you know, X and you have your ATB bar filled up. So it's like, all right, cool. I can make decisions on what I want and I can switch between characters and, you know, pending the situation, here's what I'm going to do. I just wonder like, you know, how difficult it's going to be to, you know, get through like random encounters and well, all it, of that. It seems like that there'll be a lot of, I mean, from this demo, there were no random encounters. Like all of these enemies were specifically placed. There was no real room. And that's one of the questions that, <clears throat> that I have. And I've heard somebody else. I can't think of who it was now mention it before, but like, there's got to be, you know, some type of random encounter or at least some way to, you know, I doubt they're going to pump enough story into this game to get away from like, you know, making combat the main way that you're interacting with the game. And it, I wonder if they're going to go through like kind of that Final Fantasy 15 route. I mean, honestly, I haven't looked enough into this game to be like, oh, yeah, I know all the insides and outs on combat and their ideas and what they're doing but you know just kind of on the outside of us looking in i wonder if they'll make it more of that 15 route where you know you have your missions that help you boost experience and yeah you have it's not necessarily random encounters but you kind of you know go through the world and you find different enemies and such in different areas like you would in the random encounter yeah. aspect it's just you see, kind of, you see them. Yeah, you see, you see them, them in advance and you can run away. I mean, and it makes a lot of sense in the city, like, especially if, you know, like, if Shinra's going to still be after you, like, to see, like, a squad walking down the street and then you engage with them. And, you know, we got that little cinematic clip that comes after you beat the demo and uh, right before they ask you to buy which version oh my God. you would like. Uh you get an idea of what it's kind of kind of feel like going through the city and it looks very dynamic where you're going up a street and then all of a sudden a truck comes around the corner and you're starting to get surrounded and I'm very interested to see what it's going to be like in the city of Midgar but I think that that's going to set us up for kind of a whole different game like I have a feeling that this first game is going to feel real real different compared to the rest of them in the series because it's only the city and you're only going to be figuring out like what are these dynamics that we're getting into in this type of setting and as soon as you leave Midgar I don't think you ever go back to Midgar in the original game dude it's been like 10 15 years I think since yeah. I beat Final Fantasy 7 so if they block you off from ever going back there and still being able to see it on the world map like in the original games like it'll make sense to have it be its own section of the game because you won't ever have to like be on another disc and then load in this whole giant city that you built. But I'm really interested to see like if there are going to be less random encounters and more staged encounters, how is that going to limit your potential to move on? Like if it's going to be two years in between these games, can I just play this game for that whole two years, grind all the way up to level 99, max out all the materia that I have, and then once the next game launches, it's like, well, I guess I'm already at the max level, and you just don't gain anything from playing the rest of the game at that point? Like, how's that transition going to happen? Like, how are they going to handle grinding? It'll be interesting to see. And, uh, well... Uh, I was going to mention that when I played Final Fantasy VII, I had Omni Slash on disc one. So for me, a lot of that game moving forward was super easy. And I think I grinded to like, I think it had to be level 35 if I'm correct to get Omni Slash. So I grinded to about level 35 mm. uh, or 40, something around those lines within the first game. You can actually get Eris, uh, her uh, limit break, her final limit break as well if you grind super hard. So yeah, it could be a situation where, hey, we're going to be releasing this game in two years or so, which is super like high end, you know, uh, trust in Square Enix release a game two years apart. Like, yeah, I can't see it's coming out for another three, four years. Well, look at all the episodic time that it took for the Life is Strange games to kind of conclude themselves. Well, that's true. I mean, and that really isn't that bad. 
in terms of time frame, like especially. But it's a whole different kind of scope of project. Yeah, exactly. And that took them long enough to turn around those. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of it was just like the development process and kind of the technology around them. That's why it's taken so long to get to where we are now from that initial like, you know, cinematic experience we had years ago uh, where they just kind of showcase like, hey, here's what we're doing. And we hadn't heard about it for like another 10 years. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the level progression, how that works. I would imagine it's going to be just like, I don't see them doing a level cap. I can't see that. But I could see it being where once you hit a certain level, it just doesn't make it worth it to continue playing. Well, and what happens for people, I mean, you'd have to be some kind of gamer to be like, eh. I'll skip the Midgar section. I'm just going to buy the second game and start there. How will that work? How will people be able to jump into the middle of a full release game that's going to be coming out eventually as part two or three or four? Like These are going to have to be full retail launches from the way that they're hyping this up. So it's been a while since I actually did this but when i played the dot hack series and i still have to beat number three and four so i might just replay the whole series uh so playing dot hack uh one to dot hack two you progress with all of your like all of your items every special item you had your character fully leveled other characters you had fully level now if i were to just boot up number two I wouldn't have all those items and I would start at a base level that was adequate for the game at that period of time. So, you know, say for instance, I had to be level 32 to start number two. You would start at level 32 and you'd have like the basic like weapons that you would need already fully powered to start you in the game. But you wouldn't have all those really cool items. You wouldn't have yeah. all the backstory. You wouldn't have any of that. So who knows they may put a block and just be like no you have to play number one to be able to play number two that would be some shit <laughs> that would be you know kind of crazy but you know what gamer wants to jump into final fantasy 7 on just disc two like or yeah. even just disc three like it's not worth it and you miss out on all the summons you could pick up and all the materia and everything else like it it just wouldn't seem worthwhile to start on disc two that being said, I don't intend on playing this until after all... I think back when it was first announced, they were saying three episodes to represent three discs. Well, we've got a uh, an interesting article covering that today. This is uh, from Game Rant by Rob Dolan, predicting how many episodes Final Fantasy VII Remake will have. This was a really good article. He talks a lot in here about um, what seems like good logical places in the story... To kind of break this down, and in his opinion, it looks like it's probably going to be four episodes. And I think that the way he decides to separate it, I think it makes a lot of sense to use those places. Um, especially if, you know, starting off the game, Midgar is going to be all of the first act, you know, game of this remake. And in the original... Midgard was about half of the first disc. So, and in the original, it seemed to me like the final disc was basically just uh, Golden Chocobo, Knights of the Round, fight Sephiroth. So if they turn that into the final game and it, they kind of short it out at the end, like I hope that they're able to spread this content and beef up all these games to feel good and substantial without having it be... <clears throat> turned into like way too bogged down by adding too much side questing or something or you know getting away from the core of it what people really want adding too much like well, there's got to be a good middle ground and i hope that they have enough time to find that over the next however many years the one thing you have to consider though with that third disc is all of the stuff that was on that third disc so like when you're doing disc one you're only kind of limited to that one area right yeah. disc two you're limited to a certain area but disc three yeah, you got this battle and everything else, but, but you, you have can the go back whole to all world. The yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's that third disc is really built out primarily to continue your level building, uh, get your material locked up and squared away. If you're battling, I think you can battle the weapons in disc three, if I'm correct. Um, going back to the golden saucer, like all of these different things that you could do in the mm -hmm. game, like it's all in there. The it's chocobo all out breeding, there, yeah. the racing, like all of that is in disc three. And yeah, there's some end battle stuff. And that's, you know, obviously the end battle disc. 
but I could see why that particular disc had to happen. Like, mm-hmm. you want to do all this stuff? Well, you kind of have to have a third disc. They probably yeah. could have done two discs if they didn't have all the open world and just kept it linear. Yeah. So I think it'll probably... I wish it was three discs, but I think it'll be four, to your point. Uh, and also because they're going to milk the to hell Rob's out of this. Point. Okay, to Rob's point. But they're going to milk the hell out of this. If I can get $240 out of somebody for one game that I'm creating... Uh, then yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I think that you're right to, at least from a buyer's standpoint, I think it's definitely going to be worth it to wait for, you know, the Final Fantasy VII Remake complete all the discs in one box definitive edition. Yeah. For sure. And I'm just, I'm wondering too, like, if it's going to be four discs, it's going to be at least four years, probably closer to eight years, you know, for the completion time of getting all these products out and well you know played here's the other thing to consider too though is that from a development standpoint you're developing the first disc right now or first part of the game and then say you finish in six years where's the game going to be graphically at that point that's exactly what i was going to ask like there's going to be changes especially with the launch of the ps5 like the fourth disc is probably not going to be well is it can you start a series that's supposed to be one game but is now a series and release those cross generally cross generationally I mean, in a way that it's like if you own disc one you're physically unable to finish that game by disc four because it's a ps5 and not a ps4 and you haven't made the upgrade well here's yet. the thing ps5 will be out this year and the game's coming out on ps4 so you already know damn well that they're gonna release Final Fantasy 7 on PS4, and then you're going to see a re-release on the PlayStation 5, and they'll finish out the life cycle of this game on the PS5. Yeah. There's no way that they... You can't... For one thing, you can't put it all on PS4. They're not going to do that. They might do it for the first two games, and then they're going to say, oh, yeah, by the way, We've you want to get the power we're not using. Yeah, so let's go ahead and finish on the PS5, and oh, we're going to go ahead and take the first two games, and we're going to upgrade them a little bit to put it on the PlayStation 5. So, like, there's no reason I would ever want to buy this game right now, given that it's going to be on PS4 and a new console's coming out. There's no reason to. Well, I can give you some good news, John. Huh? There are going to still be games worth buying on the PS4, and you've actually already purchased oh, I'm so one of them. So excited. And why, I, why don't you open us into this next one? Oh, I'm a sucker. I picked up the Ghost of Tsushima uh, Collector's Edition with the mask. I don't even know if this thing's limited. I've just been wanting this game to come out since forever. When this and Sekido were announced, those were like my two. Oh. If there's a collector's edition, I'm flipping buying those collector's Samurai editions. Samurai and Ninjas invaded in 2018 oh, our minds. Oh my god, dude. Like, look, Sekido was amazing. I love the Sucker Punch studio, so I'm hoping that Tsushima is going to be great. It looks great from all the videos I've seen. The story looks good. And I just have a lot of faith in that studio to pull this game off. And, dude, that collector's edition looks pretty cool. So getting a little mask and stand and everything, it's going to be awesome. I don't like what I paid for it, but the benefit is if this It's already done. Well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You already did it. You don't have to worry about doing it again. The benefit is is if this game comes out and they have, like, a ton of copies on hand at, like, a Best Buy, you know, I still have, like, 30 days for my return policy. Or it's like, hey, Walmart here's my game i just found it at best buy for like fifty dollars less now so you know i'm it might be a while before i crack this bait you know this baby open but uh i'm excited yeah so this comes to us from an article by uh giuseppe nelva of uh twinfinite this is a ghost of tsushima and the last of us part two show there's no rush for sony to reveal the ps5 and you know, I'm getting tired of every week I go on and it's like new PS5 leaks or new PS5 rumors. And it's like, just substantiate it all. Just come out. So I stop having to see the same clickbaity headlines every week. Well, it hurts for us because we report on this stuff on a week to week basis. So we're seeing like new leaks. It's like, it's not that different from the last yeah, one. It's still not as floppy. Yeah. That's why we <laughs> haven't talked about. Well, I think we might have talked PS5 last time, but it's more in the excitement of it than, yeah. than it wasn't like a new leak that came out. Well, it's it's so funny the way that all of this is being handled. You know, it's easy to lose sight that we do have games like Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us Part Two, and the fact that neither console is really committing to a hard launch of 
ending content and only generating new content like both the ps4 and the ps5 will be supported for years to come and so will the xbox one and the xbox series x those will also both be supported for the next few years moving on so this kind of trickle effect of not having to make that jump to get the newest best stuff makes a lot of people feel a lot safer in waiting and not necessarily jumping the gun and i feel like he does a good job talking in this article about how you know xbox is jumping all over the place throwing out all these new you know content or of what the system is actually capable of and sony's the leader i mean the ps5 is the most successful console of PS, the pre or PS4. ps4 is the most successful console of last generation and you know they're still doing good numbers and they're still going to be putting out new games and it's not necessarily a game that they have to pander to or play to because they're are they already have the high ground anakin oh my god so i i before i go into my point on what i saw on facebook the other day uh this is also another thing on facebook it said that um, Obi-Wan truly never wanted the high ground. I don't know if you saw this, but in multiple battles, like with Darth Maul, he coaxed them to taking the high ground so he could take the low ground. He didn't defeat Anakin on the high ground. Anakin had to take the high ground. Obi-Wan tricked him. He's the greatest troll of all time. There you go. So the thing Trobi I saw... one Yeah, Troby one So the thing I saw recently was a uh, PC Master Race person. Uh, was slamming somebody on a PlayStation forum about how, well, they didn't have to buy a brand new console every four years. I'm like, who the hell is buying a brand new console every four years? Like, we just lost support for the PS2, like, what, three years ago in Japan? And, you know, they just knocked out online for it, like, three, four years ago. And it just celebrated its 20th anniversary. Like, they had 16 years of, like, mild support tied to it. It has a ton of great games. The system itself, before PlayStation 3 came, out, 3 came out, had like, you know, 10 years of support total, like releases and stuff occurring. So I just don't understand where people get this mindset of like consoles are just terrible it's, thing. Well, it's because Nintendo has an off release cycle from everybody else. So it seems like every four years, a new console generation starting up, but it's really just Nintendo doing their thing on their own timeline. Yeah, because like I'm going to have my PlayStation 4. How long have I had it now? Like four or five years i think it's been out for a number of years sony's still going to support it four or five years from now we're getting brand new games the same year as something else is coming out and you'll still see you know cross-platform titles for a while i'll still see games at a game store i don't know if gamestop will still be around in the next year and i'm still gonna be playing hopefully it. we get some of those gamestop 2.0s reference last week's episode if you exactly. didn't hear about that check out that one uh so yeah dude i, I honestly i don't understand the whole pc thing you know, yeah, you got to buy a video card every now and then. You've got a, you know, a monitor, a new yeah, keyboard. But I mean, like for the price somebody spends on their video card, you could buy like another couple shelves worth of collection for yourself. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> exactly. So like, I I have a PlayStation Two that I still play and a PS Three that I still play. Yeah, you can still play all those games on your PC, but. You know, sometimes PCs over time, you can't play older games. You have to pick up older PCs to play them mm. just because of all the things that are in place. So it's interesting. And I saw that recently. So I think, like you said, man, PS4 is going to be supported. PS5 will be supported for another 10 years. And then we probably won't see another console after that. Yeah, it's all going to be digital at that point. Yeah, we'll we'll see where that goes from there. So um, speaking of having to buy older consoles... This is to just be able dumb. to play games uh, for anybody who didn't know about the secret history of the world and the things that never happened. There is a Nintendo PlayStation and it's been around for a few years. It's been making the the tours and being shown at various cons and uh, events. And uh, it just sold for three hundred and sixty thousand dollars to the original owner of Pets.com. And Toys.com. And Toys.com. Now, that man made his money off the dot-com boom where, like, you could just make a website and sell it for a ton of money. Uh, not so common now. Uh, this one's by Shannon Liao of CNN. And, uh, Ryan, if Twitter has taught me anything, this is fake news. You might have to get another source. Well, uh, Greg <laughs> McElmore definitely bought this, and he bought it for, 
like we said before, three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. And he said he got a good price. uh, Yeah, he said it was a terrific price for him. And I tried to look up uh, the other most expensive like video game collectibles, and they don't really even come close. I mean, at most like a third of what he spent on this, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like. This man had money to burn, and he burned it on a one-of-a-kind, unique piece of history that, I mean... If you look at it from... This is beyond Holy Grail. Yeah, if you kind of look at it, it's like a Mona Lisa to, you know, an art collector. Like, there's only one. I mean, you know, if all paintings are our only one, right? But, like, this is... that's like It's like the one. Yeah, the one, right? Like, everybody wants the one. Yeah, so, like... For video game collectors, this would be the one. So, like, this guy is basically taking something that, you know, belongs in a video game museum. And he's like, screw you it all. It belongs in a museum. It belongs in my house. So, yeah, it's really cool. But 360K is a lot. But if you start considering how much, like, artwork sells for in the millions for that type of stuff. Yeah, that's... It's the, not bad when you think about it in that yeah, perspective. That's that's the one thing. It's, it's still a very niche collection well, so is art. What people yeah. are going to to be willing to pay for, you know, a physical utilitarian item like that's kind of the breaking point between like art and other memorabilia is that like memorabilia was made like kind of I mean, this obviously was not made as like a preservative piece of, you know, technology. It was just a prototype that got stowed away somewhere and somebody got super lucky buying it um but uh, yeah like things that are created for like the idea of art is like it's really just so rich people can perpetuate their money in other ways like it's diversifying to to be protected so they all decide and agree that it's all worth so much money yeah i can see that Uh, it's still dude it's still a really cool piece of history there was like four three or four hundred that were made and they were all destroyed except for this one apparently so somebody out there had the peace of mind to be like you know there's only one of these left i'm gonna just kind of take this under my shirt and walk out of here like yeah there were 200 total 200 total ever made and then they were all destroyed except this one so definitely an interesting piece of history i damn well when i pay three hundred sixty thousand dollars for something like that it but looks so if cool. i had the money i might I, I i like the way that it looks yeah it does look pretty cool we'll have the article and i if you haven't seen this thing yet i'd be surprised but we'll have if an you article have on pictures and in, interacted with it let us know what you thought about it have people actually interacted with this yeah thing? yeah they've taken it around to like cons and stuff gotcha how do mm-hmm. they how do they maintain this thing i uh, guess they just with a hope and a prayer it's crazy um uh, what else do we have on this? Do we have anything else on this article? No, so that's uh, that's it for the Nintendo PlayStation. It sold for a crap ton of money. That's oh, a, there was somebody you know, else, the founder of Oculus. Oh, actually, he was in the bidding war. He was bidding it up, and he's like, "Who the hell's bidding this up? Like, I'm trying. I'm the highest bidder right now. Who are you crazy nuts bidding with me?" Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. So, all right. Well, <clears throat> let's get into. Uh, the organization that was on the outside looking in of this partnership between Sony and Nintendo, and that's Sega. And so uh, we're looking at Sonic 3D Blast on the Sega Saturn. In this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. But first, we have to talk about the Sonic movie. Oh, yeah, dude. So we've both seen the Sonic movie now. I know we kind of missed the boat on this a little bit. No, hopefully, no, you missed the boat, sir. I saw it when it came out. Hopefully, everybody else has seen it by now. and We don't have to do like a big spoiler warning thing. I know I've already had to duck a couple podcasts before I saw it. But, oh, my gosh. I'm going to throw a bold statement out there and say that this is the best video game movie to come out since the Pokemon movie. As in, like, the original The original, like, Mewtwo Strikes Back Pokemon did you, movie. Did you see Netflix actually has that up as, like, a 3D? They made, like, a 3D version yeah. of it. No, I haven't seen that yet. I, I heard about it before it came out. So, I would actually probably stick with you on this, man. I, I thought, haven't been this nostalgia. I thought this Sonic movie was fantastic, dude. Ah. It was really good. And I don't even have nostalgia for Sonic. Like, No, I don't either. It was just a Sonic good movie. Playing Sonic here today for the inflation deflation was one of my best memories of playing sonic 
and it yeah. just happened. So <laughs> to see like all of the effort that was put into this, like I can't believe how well it won me over. Like right from jump, I was just like, the, I mean, the long claw thing was a little weird. Like the origin thing was a little weird that he's like an alien. Uh, but I love the like well, you saw the Echidna uh, yeah. Ninja Army coming after him. Yeah, that was pretty I cool. I love Tails at the end. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, so well we just kinda of spoil it for somebody out there. Uh but yeah, so it, that, we said we didn't have to do that's that. That's true. Because I'm the last person on earth who saw Besides, this. If they were listening at the beginning, they could have skipped all of us. So basically the whole thing with Tails <clears> at the end was amazing. Like the movie was good, and then right when it happened, I like threw my arms up, and all these people from New Zealand were looking at me kind of funny, wondering why right. I'm throwing my arms <laughs> up. And uh, yeah, my wife was like, what the hell are you so excited about? I'm like, it's Tails. Like, yeah. Come on. Like, this is great. Yeah. I thought that um, I've heard people say that the the human partner, Donut Lord, was <laughs> Donut not that Lord. great. I thought he was great. I thought like all of the- He was all right. All of the characters in the movie were characters that like- I wanted to see more of them in their scenes. Like I love the sister-in-law. I thought she was hilarious. Yep. Um, the, all of the CGI looked great. Like it looked really believable for the most part. Like I couldn't tell. I heard people say that you might've been able to tell in the re-edits where it kind of wasn't maybe done the best the second time around. But I had a really hard time finding anything visually to have a problem with. I didn't see anything like that. I'm sure we'll see some pictures like that people have yeah. snapped. Well, after the fact, obviously not while it's in theaters, potentially, where you'll see where it was kind of like that issue where, hey, you know, they didn't do a great job transitioning this from the old design to the new one. I can I can see that potentially happening. What I really want, though, is an extended edition of this. With the original cut? No, no, God, oh, no. I want to no. see those teeth. I want to see those teeth in oh. all of those scenes. So I initi- weird Ratman Sonic. So, so when we, uh, when we, it's like Master Splinter had a baby with Sonic. Yeah. So uh, when we went ahead and saw the movie, we got home and uh, my wife's like, oh, well, why was everybody freaking out about the movie? She didn't know the background of it. I'm like, do you not listen to our episodes anymore? And apparently she skipped right. a bunch. And so, uh, yeah, I went ahead and, and chatted with her on it. And she's like, oh, I don't I don't know what the difference is. So I showed her the side by side. She's like, it doesn't look that bad. I'm like, no, like, look closer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, now I can see why it looks bad. Why yeah. does he have teeth? I'm like, who knows? <laughs> who knows why he has teeth? So, yeah, dude, I'm excited uh, to get this, actually get this on Blu-ray. And hopefully there are some uncut scenes yeah i hope they add some something cool in there what did you think of jim carrey playing uh robotic you know i've not been the biggest jim carrey fan my whole life but man he was outstanding in this like and especially like that little snippet at the end of him yeah was fantastic like he owned every scene and he was tremendous and like of all the takes on robotic that i've seen you know, through other playthroughs of games and stuff like he was so like believable as Dr. Robotnik, but existing in like a realistic setting. Like I like how, how his mind kind of worked in this. Well, so outside of like the TV show in the games, you don't really get like this viewpoint into this, you know, Eggman or Robotnik Mm. and like what he does when he's not, you know, in his little, you know, space thing, like chasing yeah. down Sonic and trying to kill him. So, you know, you never see all that. But when they were in the bus and he starts dancing, yeah. and he's got the music going. I'm like, yeah. I could totally see this being like what Robotnik does on the side, you know, when when he's not around Sonic, like when he's plotting, like that's what an evil genius would do at that point. Yeah, I'm always surprised at Sonic's ability to take the community in these very strange directions and just like, all right, we're going to make some really, really awful games for a long time. And just everybody eats it up. And then we'll make a, a, we both got Sonic forces. Yeah. I got it after I went and saw this. Cause I was checking the PlayStation store and I was like, Oh, it's then. And I was like, I'm totally excited to play that game. Like 
I know probably, that it's not that great of a game. It's probably going to be straight trash. But people really enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. So, and it's like, I'm on board with the Sonic hype train now. Like, I'm not going to play all the Sonic games or anything, but, like, I'm on board at least for the Sonic Cinematic Universe. You do still need to see the Dragon Quest movie, though. Yeah. Yeah, check that one out. I think you'll like it. And a Nino Kuni movie. I saw that, too. Yeah. And we had talked about that on, like, episode 55 ago. or 60. I don't, when it was first announced to be coming to the U.S., that okay. was good, too. So that's three gaming movies that I've seen in the last month. And they've all been great. But I would have to say that um, with this Sonic movie, I'm... I'm hoping they come out with another one here in the next few years. I think they will. Yeah, the reception they have it, to at this point. Yeah, so the critic reception was actually not that great, but who cares about the critics? The reception from the fans was actually pretty good. If you want like Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic and all that, the reviews from last time I saw were actually pretty high, which yeah, is it's good. Yeah, killing it. Yeah, which is awesome. So that's uh, a kudos to the studio for actually listening to the fans and putting out the product that the fans wanted to see, and I think it worked out. Yeah. So, well... Back in uh, November 1996, we got a much different Sonic. We got uh, Sonic 3D Blast for the Sega Saturn, and this was a big change in the Sonic format, and uh, it was made by Traveler's Tales and Sonic Team, published by Sega, directed by Takao Miyoshi, and uh, it did not do too great. It got high 60s, low 70s, um... We played it for a little bit today, and I think that it was okay. I'm not a big Sonic fan, like I said earlier. Uh, I do think that the perspective in the game is different. Like, it's very different looking at this game than playing it. Feels great when you're playing it. Like, the controls are responsive and good. It it doesn't look as janky playing as I feel like it looks like from a distance yeah i would agree with you man so the overall feel of this game was right like it i honestly prefer it over the 2d side-scrolling type sonic it just feels like a better game in my mind um you have the uh the overall concept obviously from what we played in a little bit of time we played was collecting birds and then going to like the different portals to go through the level right and then finally ending i think it was act three was robotnik Mm -hmm. if i'm correct so yeah, I mean, I felt it was great. I liked the controls. The music was pretty good. We jumped The music into the, was jamming. Yeah, we went into the second world just to kind of check it out. Um, and that the music was pretty good on that. The enemies changed up just enough to where it was, you know, the same feel, but it was a different look. And I, I liked it, dude. Um, I think I want to give the Sega Genesis version a try at some point and see how it compares. It's very weird. So looking at the reviews for this game on the wiki, they're kind of all over the place. And some people only did the Genesis version for reviews and others did all three versions. Cause it also came out on uh, windows. And um, some people said the Genesis version was better. Some people said the Saturn version was better. So, you know, maybe we'll get, to try this one out again later at some point and be able to compare and contrast the two. But for the most part, um, you know, not being a big Sonic fan, uh, but thinking that it's an okay game. Uh, when we get down to the actual prices here, I don't know. I don't know. So price wise, we're looking at the most expensive version is the Sega Saturn complete. Thankfully I got that complete. And the cheapest version is a Sega Genesis loose copy at $782. So complete in box, you're looking at for the Saturn, uh, $40. And it peaked back in January, actually, at $44, close to $45. And it's been going up for the last several years. And then the loose copy is uh, $21.75, peaked actually last month at $22, so not too far off. And that one's also trending up in terms of pricing. So, you know, looking at this and where it's going, if you're wanting to collect Saturn games... You're probably going to want to hop on this right now if you really need to have this in your collection. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily a must play on the Saturn when you could pick it up on, you know, a PC version or you could pick up a Genesis copy. Yeah, that Genesis copy, I would be interested to see how much different that version of the game is, because from my perspective, I think that I'd be willing to pay that lower price, like eight bucks for a Genesis copy sounds way better to me than 20 bucks 
for a loose Saturn copy. Well, if the graphics are better and it controls better, you know, I would say go with a loose Saturn copy. You know, if you can find it for 20 bucks, I, I always look at it from modern day stuff, right? If this game was released today, would it be 20 bucks? Probably. And would it be worth it at 20 bucks? Probably. I still wouldn't pay $21 and I definitely wouldn't pay $40 right now for this game uh, complete. But I would say that, you know, from the time that we played it today and the experience that we had, I would say it's worth at least giving it a shot. If not on the Saturn, play it on the Genesis. You know, and I do like these, uh, the Saturn, like the tall box, like it's a nice looking case. Yeah. Like to collect those is, I mean, I, I love my Saturn collection a little bit. I have just because of those cases same with the sega cd it's got that same style which i think i have a sonic game over there on sega cd we can give a shot at uh i think it's sonic spin or something i don't remember yeah yeah i got some some different games uh all right so where are you at on this man are you on a inflated or deflated i'm gonna call it uh inflated especially since it seems like it's really kind of shot up just at the beginning of this year like i'm wondering if that's not tied to some of this hype for you know, the Sonic movie and stuff. We've looked before at games that have been released around, you know, a time where it seems like they might be trending, like with Spider-Man and stuff. And it doesn't really always follow a trend like that. But, you know, in this situation, it may have just been one person aggregating that score up because they were excited for the movie and they paid through the nose for it when they shouldn't have. Well, the other piece of this could be it's just a Saturn game. And Saturn games, for whatever reason, are now spiking in price. Like, that's just what they're going at. Like, all the Sega games, for some reason, are increasing in value. And it, it sucks, because I, I love collecting Sega games, and I love picking up new titles, but they're all over the place nowadays. So I think I would attribute it to more of that, just the Saturn collections are going up in value. And, you know, overall, good controls, good music, uh, obviously it's Sonic, you know, you've got that nice kind of rhythm going at the game and the overall concept of collecting the birds so far from what we saw and, and all of that, it, it does play nicely. It I, gives it much more of a different feel than just the get from A to B. Yeah, exactly. It does do that for you. I would still say, though, 40 bucks inflated, uh, 20 bucks loose. I mean, still inflated. You know, it's... If you can get on the Saturn or the Genesis, go ahead. Bucks. Yeah, fifteen bucks, you'd be doing pretty good on a loose copy. Twenty bucks for a complete copy. Nah, I'd probably say twenty-five. Twenty-five. Yeah, twenty-five complete box. If you can pick it up for that, it's worth it. So right now, though, no, not at all. So uh, we didn't pick out a game from next week. Um, I'm actually kind of tempted. What we have? How have we done on Wii U games? We've only done like one or two, right? Because yeah, I just yeah. got that NES Remix. Yeah, let's do that. Let's check like, out some NES Remix. Yeah, like that's a super cheap game right now. I think 15 bucks at GameStop. And it's got like all the classics kind of re-envisioned or remixed. So I think that'll be pretty cool. There all we right. go. All right, so NES Remix next week. Um, we didn't say it earlier, but catch us on social media and podcast applications everywhere. So you've got uh, Twitter at Game Deflators, which I did mention. Twitter at The Game Deflators. And then you have Facebook. Wait, at you the said game Twitter twice. I said Twitter twice. Sorry. Damn it, dude. Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. The game Instagram. 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 Anywhere the game else on the internet. Twitter. The game deflators. Exactly. So we got that. And then uh, Podbean, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, uh, Google Play. Everywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. And if you don't find us, you let us know and you leave a five-star review. Yeah, let us know what you think about the podcast. Let us know what you thought about the Final Fantasy VII demo. Let us know what you thought about Sonic the movie and let us know... Uh, if you're going to spend $240 over its lifetime for Final Fantasy VII. Yes. All right. Well, this has been episode 70 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name is John. I'm Ryan. And thank you for listening. Thank you.